Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. How is everyone doing on this Friday morning? I hope you guys got to listen to the podcast with Dr. Thomas Cowan yesterday. Wasn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. I love Dr. Cowan, an alternative voice. Uh, in the health industry. And even though he may not be a um, a pet health professional, quote unquote, I think what he had to say about uh, poisoning the body, whether that's dogs or whether that's people, uh, is amazing information. So I hope you guys all get over to Dr. Thomas Cowan or Dr. Tom Cowan. Com. And then I just saw another video that Peggy Hall, the healthy American, posted about rabies backs, because that seems to be what we're talking about. You know, we talk about that all the time. Why? Because we see so many unhealthy dogs. And what was amazing uh, about yesterday was that I received an email, an email that just absolutely blew me away. And this is, um, well, let me just, just read part of the email. And it says, I'd like to introduce myself as a seasoned, observant, observant vet receptionist. Sparing you guys the 15 or so years of employment details, I'm writing you to ask for a uh, for discussion of a topic on the show that I've not yet heard. And while I'm literally, hopefully, days away from leaving the veterinary field for good, I feel it's necessary to reach out as a voice for others out there like me, people who initially got into this profession because of their love for animals and the desire to help others yet year after year have begun to question everything they thought they knew. And she goes on to say, I've been listening to your podcast and others like it for a few years now, and I couldn't agree more with getting the truth out there. While I've cut my work hours to part-time, it hasn't been enough to save my sanity. Save my sanity. I love that. I likely spend double that amount doing holistic pet care related research and it's beyond addicting. And I think the only reason I've stayed at this point is to become some, some kind of a whistleblower. And uh, this came from Pauline, who is an observant vet receptionist. So I reached out to her and I said, Pauline, how about you just come on the raw dog food truth? And guess what? She happens to be here with us today. Good morning, Pauline. How are you? Good morning, Dee Dee. I'm doing amazing. <laughs> well, um, we got some good news right before the podcast. Uh, it looks as if your time in the veterinary world may be done. Is that correct? Yes. Um, the universe is aligning and the law of attraction is working. Uh, shortly after I talked to you yesterday, and by the way, you're um, far more easy to get a hold of than a veterinarian, just so you know. 
um, yeah, I got a call with a job offer that I wasn't sure I was going to get out of the veterinary field and I could not say no. And so I probably right about now, my office manager is opening the letter I left her, um, with my resignation. So this is it. This is it. This is it. A chapter, <sighs> a new chapter coming on in your life. Well, let's talk about why it came to this. So take us through sort of your career. You became yeah. a, a veterinary receptionist. So you sort of, you, you, you have eyes on, you see what's happening in the clinic that you're in. And mm-hmm. um, you, you more than likely have a lot of face time with the patients, the pet parents that come in. And then of course, maybe you are an ear for other vet techs or even veterinarians that are in the clinic. So I think that you're in a good position to see um, and to not be convoluted by a narrative inside of a clinic. So let's just start from the beginning. When did you go into this vet clinic and sort of take us through what caused you to lose your sanity there? Absolutely. Um, So I was in my early 20s. I had a few, you know, customer service jobs before that. And am I allowed to say the name of the business? <laughs> hey, you could do whatever you want. It's, okay. uh, you know, we don't care. We're here. All right. Yeah. I love that. We don't care. Um, I got a job at the Big B Banfield um, and I was over the moon. I thought it was going to be amazing and that I would get to work with animals and I didn't have to, you know, work fast food or anything like that I got to uh, basically start as an entry-level receptionist um, I my initial you know thoughts were my pets are going to have the best care this is so great for my animals I will get to work with vets I will get to learn maybe one day I'll be a technician and do all kinds of crazy things um, so that was in 2007 I Started that job with a couple pets. I had my high school dog. Uh, her name was Pokey, like Pokey little puppy from the children's books. Um, I had a ferret that me and my boyfriend at the time, now husband, had rescued off a of Craigslist. Um, so it probably started with her because I have to shout out to all my ferret owners out there who know that they are little hot messes. Um, They're just not cared for well from where they come from. They're spayed and neutered when they're four weeks old and Mm. their eyes are barely open. Wow. And so they have lots of similar problems that dogs do just on a smaller scale. Um, They get adrenal disease and uh, problems with their pancreas. So I brought her to work and I said fix her she's sick she you know won't eat her kibble and they're like well we don't see exotics but we know someone who does so we kind of worked with another vet that you know helped us essentially I had every tool at my disposal I thought um she got I don't think I ever paid anything for her at my work she got free medications because she was so tiny they were like pennies in the bucket um, when my exotic vet wanted to do blood work, we would draw the blood work at my work and send it in at no cost, um, as an employee, she, 
you know, we went through like 10 different types of food with her and none of it was real food. And she lived, I think she was maybe two or three. And now with all of my knowledge on ferrets, I know people in my online groups I help with that, you know, some are in their teens. Wow. And that's normal for raw fed animal. Um, so it's crazy. I, I worked with her, you know, we lost her. The last thoughts were we did everything we possibly could because I worked at a vet and, you know, that's what they told me. We did everything we could. I'm so sorry. Um, so then insert my dog, my high school dog, Pokey. She, you know, she was on like some cheap kibble from Costco. I think at the time my mom would just buy, but we couldn't afford vaccines. We didn't take our pets to the vet unless there was like a bleeding emergency and she was fine. And she was probably about five or so, five or six when I started there and immediately all the vaccines, I'm going to get her free, you know, um, trifexis. That was the flavor of the week back then. Yikes. So she got her trifexis. She got, all these shots, she got, you know, fecal checks and deworming on a regular basis because it was part of their employee's free plan. Um, she even got discount on the premium kibble, uh, Royal Canaan. And that's all I fed her because I thought that was what was best. I was told that was what was best. And, you know, I'm sure you can guess what started to happen. She started to get sick and it was more neurological. She never stopped eating. She always wanted food in her body to nourish herself with but she would you know pace and not sleep at night and walk in circles around our house and just couldn't settle down and I you know she was euthanized at my work at nine years old and it was the worst day ever um I again thought I was doing everything right and the final diagnosis uh, I think they said she must have a brain tumor. So it's nothing that we did. It's nothing that, you know, could have been prevented. She must have bad genetics. You didn't know her history. She was, you know, from a backyard breeder stray or whatnot, and just pointed fingers at everything that was not work related. And again, the first time she, well, besides table scraps, the first time she got real food was the day I took her to have her put down. We bought her a rotisserie chicken and she inhaled it on the way to work. And, you know, I cry about it. I did back then a lot more. Now I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much for teaching me so much. Um, because now my pets are better for it. So. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I'm sure that you saw that protocol being given over okay. and over and over and over again. And let me ask okay. you, do you think that any of those pets got better on that protocol <laughs> at the Banfield? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know how we feel about Banfield. It's like, yeah, oh, please yeah. don't go to Banfield. Oh um, gosh. Everything you guys say is a thousand times true. There's, they are very good at brainwashing clients and employees. So, and even the vets, some of the vets have no idea what they're doing. Um, they don't have time to do extra education in areas that are not 
from corporate. Um, no, none of it helped. The funny thing, one of the funny things I think about is way back those early years, there was often people because these wellness packages were new, something you brought your pet in every six months for to get X, Y, and Z done. Um, and there was a bunch of people that, you know, old school clients that would say things like, when I was, you know, a kid, we never took our pet to the vet and they lived to be 20 years old. And of course, you know, you're greeted with that. And so you get defensive. And so you come up with some kind of scripted reply, like, oh, well, you know, the technology is better now, so we can detect stuff early. And it was such a joke. <laughs> they were right the whole time. And I apologize if they're listening to this at all. You were right. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this. When you came into band, You don't need to go to the vet for your pet to be healthy. Right. When you went into Banfield, when you first started there, did they train you, Pauline, on how to combat <laughs> uh, these sort of people that were like pushing back? Did they train you on how to do that? Did they give you the script? No, I, there was no training, Didi. You got thrown in and if you sank or swam. And, you know, if you had, you were lucky enough to have a good mentor that was the one person maybe helping train you then that was it. it. There was no training. I often advocated for new employees because, you know, I, I caught on pretty quick and I was, um, you know, quick on my toes and they often had me train new employees all the time. I can't count the number of people I've trained as an, you know, receptionist at vet clinics. And I advocated all the time saying we need some kind of program to send these people away to at least get the basics, at least know how to use this petware program and, you know, how to talk to clients, verbiage to use. There was none of that. They had a big, beautiful corporate office um, that we went to maybe once a year for things, but there was no like training at all. So when, when the vets came in and, and mm -hmm. when the vet techs were there, was there a protocol for, um, what they're going to prescribe. Was it like, all right, if the dog has diarrhea, then we do this, 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 and this. If the dog has itchy scan, we do this, 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 and this. Um, you know, was it a formatted, here's what we need to do. Was there a quota? Kind of give us an very idea. Much. Oh. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, I personally didn't know that flow, but as an observant receptionist, you start to predict like, oh, this pet's coming in for this, it's gonna go home with this. This pet's coming in for this, it's gonna go home with that. Over and over and over again, almost to the point where I could predict their total bill. Like I knew in my head, oh, it's gonna be this much. Um, this amount is covered by your wellness plan, but the medications cost this. And yeah, you didn't really have to be that bright to realize there's trends and um they just repeat themselves over and over again did you ever hear any of the vets uh were they ever discouraged by the fact that many of these pets were not getting better but getting worse there's always another test you can charge for oh oh my friend. oh my so you know 
yeah, you got a mass, let's do a biopsy. Oh, it wasn't conclusive. Let's, you know, do this drug and then try again in a you know month or so. And yeah, it, there's always something more to charge for. And at the very last resort, you get a referral to a specialist who I would say most people at that point can't afford because they've spent so much on random diagnostics that gave them no answers in the first place. We call that idiopathic, right? It's idiopathic. Yes. It sounds really smart. It means I have no freaking sphincter idea, right? Exactly. Right. Yep. So in your email, you said that um, a particular clinic that you were at went through a major remodel and they typically mm -hmm. go through a, a remodel and you put this in here because they were bought out by Big Corp uh, a few years ago. And so yes. now they're in the stage of restructuring policies, employee development, price increases, and um, they're doing these one-on-one -on -one meetings with management. And mm -hmm. you said, um, I'd be lying if I told you I haven't written pages of complaints that will likely end my time here. Now that it's over, now that you're going someplace else, what were you writing complaints about? Oh, um, honestly, stuff that would be way over my office manager's head. It's not the people. I love everyone I work with. You know, they're all loving, dedicated human beings that are there for the animals. But they're sheep. They, they don't really, most of them don't see any other way of doing things. Um, so I had things like, you know, 90%, if not more, of sick patients that come in could be completely cured by real food, um, or at least the start of education on it, you know, a lot of people are starting to come in and ask, like, well, what about this raw food they sell at this store down the street? Do you guys support that? And <laughs> I won't get into the AFCO thing, but most of the vets, you know, I've heard conversations in the lobby like we don't support it there's not evidence um if you do choose to go that way make sure it says afco you know there's pathogens and they drop the salmonella and I, i'm to the point where i just have to leave the room because i have to laugh like this is embarrassing there needs to be this the system needs to evolve and you know get with the times yeah, the um it the whole AFCO thing and we do have people that contact us all the time, right? And mm -hmm. and say is this AFCO approved and we say we have no we have no interest in selling that. And I think they get they are taken aback because of what I'm saying. I'm saying listen, mm -hmm. what that means is synthetic vitamins and minerals. What that means is that somebody in the big you know, pharma in the big pet food industry decided that these are the things that need to go in there, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the feeding trials, so everybody thinks that there's somebody with some big nutrition degree that is sitting around, you know, formulating these. But if you look at the feeding trials, what the very laxed requirements are to put a dog through a feeding trial, you could feed this dog old Roy. 
You could feed mm-hmm. this dog a shoe. And as long <laughs> as they don't die within uh, a short amount of time, th- that food's going to get passed if it has what it AAFCO says it needs in it. Mind you not that we see sick dogs. Mind you not that we see cancer on the rise, right? Mind you not that there is no scientific evidence uh, evidence to show raw feeding is bad. And how is it, Pauline, do these vets think that um, wolves, foxes, other animals that are in the wild survive? I bet you heard this one. Well, they didn't live as long in the wild, right? <laughs> And I've heard that from vets so many times. They didn't live as long in the wild. Really? How do you know that? Were you tracking them? And were they not living as long because we've been dumping toxins on the ground? Poisons? And yet... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know I also mentioned in my email, the SeaWorld syndrome. It's the same thing, you know? They would tell people at SeaWorld that the whales don't live that long in the wild and they live better here because they have veterinary care. Oh my. Um, No, (laughs) that's not the truth at all. Yes. You know, some, you know, whales are succumbed to nature, but saying they live better in captivity because of veterinary care is just a bold faced lie. And yet people don't question so many people don't question their vets right so many questions don't so, so many people don't question the narrative at all you know when dr cowan was on the podcast yesterday and um much of what he says it, it absolutely turns the medical profession on their head and to come to find out how we have come to believe a narrative is ridiculous because one person said it with nothing to back it up. And there are many of those situations out there. You know, when, when you really think about it, Pauline, we're, we, we are up against a huge um, wall with, with how many vets are coming out of school every single year with this narrative with this mindset that you just keep pumping in toxins, right? You get on that band filled wellness. And I, and it's, it's, it's so, I mean, when there is a program name, it's such a dichotomy. Okay. Wellness. And yet we're going to pump toxins into your dog. We're going to give them the flea and tick, the heartworm, and uh, we're going to do the rabies. And we're going to suggest you eat this crappy sphincter food that we call prescription. And I wonder if anybody ever came in and say, what is prescription about this? Yeah, I hear it a lot. (laughs) Um, I personally discourage people, you know, they'll be waiting in the lobby for something else unrelated and they'll be looking at the food and they'll say, is this good for my pet? And I say, those are for specific things that your pet doesn't need right now. (laughs) It's my subtle way of saying, no, do, don't look at that. Um, and some of them get the hint. I, you know, I'm very, you're very censored as a receptionist at a clinic. 
Um, I hope that people listen to this and go into their vet with that in mind. Um, the biggest thing is you know, under no circumstances ever can you give veterinary advice. And that's down to any tiny little thing, like what you should feed. Um, but yeah, people ask those questions. Smart people will. Um, but most, I would say the majority don't, they trust their vet. They think that they are doing the best thing by spending money and doing what their vet tells them to do. So only a veterinarian who really doesn't study anything past their education in school, only a veterinarian who follows the company narrative can decide what you should feed your pet? Yeah, or what, you know, their staff members can say to clients. Um, it's bizarre. You know, all I do all day is take messages. I'm just a relayer of messages and taker of notes and scheduler of appointments. Um, and I apologize to people a lot for different things. And so we're the buffer between the client and the vet. It's a very hard job. <laughs> well, I would think that you would go home every day and feel like my hands are tied. I see these people coming in with sick pets and you know, because of your education and, and raw feeding that they're going down the raw path, but you can't say anything. You have to stuff it all in all day long. I think that, yeah. <laughs> I and and I'm I'm also surprised that you didn't get fired or that you didn't get ousted earlier because you weren't towing the party line. I'm really good with clients. I when I go to work, it's it's not hard for me to talk to people, um, and I don't require a lot of babysitting. I've been doing this for so long that. It's just second nature to me. Um, so, but I have been talked to before. Uh, one of the most recent times I can think of was I was called into my manager's office. And more or less, she told me that I need to be careful what I say because sometimes people are listening. And I asked her for an example of what she meant and she could not give me an example. So I really don't know what that meant. Because um, yeah, a lot of times, I couldn't keep things in, especially to my coworkers that I care about. I care about them and I care about their pets. And, you know, on the side, when there wasn't clients around, they would ask my opinion because I would often say, don't do that. <laughs> or, you know, try to give them a heads up, like, that's enough vaccines. Don't feed that food. And because they are just as brainwashed, you know, I often say that, the most dedicated pet owners always have the sickest pets, and that includes employees. All my friends' pets were always sick and always coming to work with them. My dog now, he's going to be four, and he has been to the vet once when he ran into a tree. <laughs> right. Right. Um, they're in, uh, let's see, in Dr. Ian Billinghurst's book. He actually has an example in, in the book, Give a Dog a Bone, about a family who mm -hmm. had lots of money. So they took mm -hmm. their dog to the vet all the time, obviously yeah. thinking that they're doing the right thing. 
Then there was a family who didn't have the money and never took their dogs to the vet. And guess which dog was healthier? Yeah. (laughs) The later. Right. Right. The one that never went. These are our pets. We're in the pet health business. And if you are in a position of authority, a position where people trust you, then it is your job to really investigate whether what you're doing or not is really working. And I can't believe, Pauline, that their eyeballs were lying to them. Was it just a fact that um, they were getting paid on production? And I assume um, that Banfield pays their veterinarians a, let's just say, a, a compensation for everything that they do, a sales incentive. Yeah. Is that, would I be correct in saying that? Oh, don't get me started on production. Um, it's not just Banfield. I've worked after Banfield. I was there for uh, about seven years. That's where I got most of my experience. I hopped around after that to, I've done my private clinic. I've done, I actually was fortunate enough to work in a more holistically minded clinic, which had a big impact in my life. But unfortunately that was right before COVID and a lockdown happened and everybody lost their hours. Um, And now I'm back in another clinic that's not as corporate as Banfield and has some very minor perks compared to them but production is the base of the business every day you know if there's a gap on the schedule anybody that calls get them in get them in get them in um recently we were asked the front desk staff to go through all the appointments actually this happens very often go through all the appointments in the next few days and try to consolidate make more space um I know clients will hear that this is familiar. They have technician appointments. So if you're coming in just for a booster and you're not due for an exam, it's just a tech appointment. It's a shorter time. It's just a quick in and out. You're not seeing the vet. But sometimes all those appointments get filled up really fast. So we would be putting these tech appointment 20-minute spots in these 20-minute gaps that the vets had because the technician that's working with them that day could do that vaccine. And we were recently asked to call all of those and move them because we need to move appointments around, restructure the day to get more pets in and only sick pets for this doctor because this doctor's on production. And just to be clear, production is commission. Production is you get paid this amount of money dependent upon what you uh, charge and what you get paid for by the patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of these clinics, since everybody's kind of so short-staffed and things are shifting around lately, they will hire relief vets. So that is a veterinarian that does not work at that clinic on the regular, maybe once a month. Um, On those days, they get paid a base fee for the day, whether they see patients or not. So if that schedule is not full, they're losing production. Um, So if there's a relief vet day, Schedule that day first. Don't schedule on a regular day or with, you know, a doctor that they want to see. Schedule it with the relief vet. (laughs) So from what you have seen, do you think that there is a degree of test of uh, 
medications and wrong diagnoses based on commissions, based on how much money they are getting paid? Definitely to some degree, yeah. Um, Mostly because diet's never even talked about. I can't tell you how many times I've sifted through medical notes and it's not even once mentioned. You know, it's part of the notes that the technician takes in on intake. It'll say diet, you know, semicolon, and they just write in what the owner tells them. Nine times out of 10, it's some kibble and the owner doesn't even remember the name of it. So they just write kibble. And then it's never discussed again in the appointment. So if you were ruling out things you're putting in the dog's body, you would have a completely different diagnosis than if you're just running tests to make profit. And the clinics that you worked at, did they all sell some type of prescription diet, whether that's Royal Canin or Heels, something along that line? Um, yes, everybody but the holistic vet. We had freezers in the lobby with a couple different raw food brands. Um, but they also encouraged um, like DIY meals and would hand out information on how to make food at home for your pets. Nice. But other than that, yeah, if anybody's got that in their lobby, turn around and walk out. You know, Neely says that all the time. I'm sure you hear that. And I yes, I love her. She's great. <laughs> I think that some people think that um that maybe, you know, we're we're biased, but but we're we we wanted to have you on the podcast today because you are an insider. You've been in that industry. Uh, it's not as if we get a bunch of vets that reach out to us and say, hey, you're right, right? Um, they're they're not going to say that. We would keep you uh, anonymous, however, any vets out there that, that want to come on the podcast and and uh, talk about what's going on inside the industry. One of the things that you said in your email, you said, I want to speak up for the quiet pet care team members. Most that don't even realize they need a voice because theirs has not necessarily been taken. It's been replaced. Their voice has not necessarily been taken. It's been replaced. What do you mean by that? I just was thinking of a few close coworkers that, you know, I can't count the amount of times I've they've whispered to me in the exam room about something. Um, and people just need to trust their gut. You know, they're, they can't say one thing and have a client repeat it and then not get reprimanded for it. You know, Hey, don't give advice. Don't do this. Um, I've seen a lot of people come in and out of vet clinics, uh, employees that I thought were great and I was just getting to know them, and then all of a sudden they're gone. What happened? It's not discussed. Oh, they they got a different job. Like, they were amazing. Why? What? <laughs> like they had a good head on their shoulders, and I could tell. You know, the talk about diet with me and them was maybe just around the corner. Um, so yeah, they're 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 just telling you scripts. You guys, they, one of our technicians, that's like our head person, basically, who thinks she knows everything. Some of the stuff I hear her say to clients, like, that is not true. Brought the dog in the back after, I'm sure, a long discussion in the room. And they made fun of the client. 
you know, they said there's a crazy in room two. And she wants to do a titer test. It's pointless. I don't know why she wants to do it. And I couldn't not say something at that point. I spoke up and I said, you know, holistic vets do titer testing every day, you guys. And it's very normal. And kind of shut them up. Um, I had a couple people, you know, come to me later with some like follow-up questions. Really? Even on this age of dog? Even with this? I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> Even with only two vaccines? Yes. Um, so they just don't know. They're not allowed to learn anything other than what they're, what Big Farm is teaching them and telling them to tell people. The vets aren't even allowed. They're not allowed to learn anything else because we saw this during the whole, you know, COVID thing with a lot of the doctors. If they tried to step out of line, then they were shunned. It, it was very cultish, right? If you look at what cults do, um, mm -hmm. And they will shun you. And nobody likes that. Nobody wants their um, their money to be tampered with. Nobody wants their reputation to be tampered with. So these are the things that are enacted in order to keep you in line. So we have to understand this type of uh, protocol. We have to understand this type of attitude, this type of thinking, this type of action so that we can uh, be aware and protect our dogs. One of the things that I loved what Dr. Cowan said on the podcast yesterday, which is something that we say all the time, we were talking about if you have to take a dog in for some type of treatment, whether they ran into a tree like your dog or cut, cut their leg like Lazi, you need to learn to um, basically say something different lie and uh you know about about your vaccines being updated and that sort of thing so that you can get your pet taken care of and what he said was this i don't care if it's immoral at the moment to lie to my bed i don't care about that relationship i don't care that it affects his income what i care about is the pet in my home that I am charged with their care. I care about the health and wellness of my pet. And I think that that type of thinking has to be first and foremost. I don't care what a vet thinks about me. I don't care that they think I'm pushy. I don't care that they think I'm crazy. Because you know what? I'm crazy about my dogs. And I'm going to stay that way for my life and for their life because I don't want to be in a situation where I regret allowing somebody to bully me into something that I know isn't good for the health of my pet. I'm not doing it. Right. I, I totally hear what you're saying, Dee Dee. I just want to add, because there's new things that they do now, um, sometimes we can't schedule appointments unless we have records from prior vets. They need to know that vaccine history because they need to push the shots that you don't have yet, especially rabies. Um, you know, they sometimes tell clients, we can't see you until you update your rabies shot. And that's insane, especially when you're taking pets in and they're sick and it is not appropriate to vaccinate a sick pet. I see it every day. They I never 15-year-old dogs getting vaccinated and I see them come back two months later for euthanasia. 
they're still doing it. It's not going to change until we rise up and it won't change until people cause those clinics to go out of business, right? You have to vote Mm -hmm. with your dollars as Dr. Jason Goy says, Mm -hmm. but in your email, you went on to say, um, after you said, you know, their voice has, 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 has been replaced. You say for the voice in their head that frantically tries to come up with a quick scripted response to a question from a difficult a.k.a. educated client. Those who relay answers from overworked doctors with even the slightest bit of doubt in their voice because they already know the end result. Those that are pressured to tell white lies to cover up miscellaneous mistakes. Those who are bullied into submission. Those that often get to work late because they had to bribe themselves by buying coffee or energy drinks yet secretly wish they had their barista's job instead. These are the people um, that you say um, their voice has been replaced, right? They're having yeah. to follow a script. And and they're, yeah, they're following and, a script and they don't know half the time that they're doing it. <sighs> and, and you do go on to say they do have intuition. They have passion. They have morals. She said, no, they're not doctors, or you say, uh, no, they're not doctors, but they are human. And I and I would imagine that you say they're not doctors because they're not really practicing medicine, right? Medicine is something that you look at the patient, you look at the the overall um, patient, the overall diet, the, the whole being of an animal, and then you tailor it to that animal. But it appears that what's happening is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What 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 it is? It, if the sicker the pet, the ching, uh, it is the more ching, right? Yeah, to- yeah. Um, I tell people all the time. I mean, on on the internet, <laughs> uh, that vets aren't gods; they're just people too. You know, it's not their word is the final word. You should always continue to learn and always continue to ask questions. Um, especially these vet texts. I'm currently staring at my water bottle that's covered in silly stickers, but one in the center says, be the change you wish to see in vet med. And I read that every day at work and I hope others see it. So. Well, in, in the end uh, of your email, you said, I believe we are beginning to see a shift in pet parents. More are asking about raw diets, tighter testing, and declining certain vaccines and so-called preventatives. I applaud these owners. Unfortunately, their actions are still treated with disapproval, fear tactics, and in some cases, refusal of service. And you say, obviously, this is something I can no longer be a part of. And kudos to you that you got out. Now that you're out, though, Pauline, I think that... um, Maybe this will free you up to continue to be a voice for pet parents because you have been in the industry for so long. Once we yeah. get our um, Raw Dog Food Truth Facebook page up, we would love for you to come over and and talk with people. You know, I'm thinking about writing a book. We'd love to have uh, you in the book. Um, this is just things that people should know because people aren't coming to the vet and spending a ton of money because they want to see their pets sick. That's not what they're doing, but that is what they're doing. And so if we can 
give them this information, give them the tools to be confident that you don't need to go in every year for a checkup. You guys, you just don't need to do it. I don't do it. There's no reason to do it. What are you going to go do? You're going to yeah. put poisons you, in the body. Exactly. I mean, I will reference real quick too. Um, these lunch and learns put on by these pharmaceutical companies. Um, I wrote a quick quote from memory of what somebody once said to our team about the use of NextGuard. And they said, clients who use NextGuard are statistically more compliant. It gets them in the door where they're more likely to generate other re revenue for your clinic. Wow. This is the kind of stuff that is told, you know, along with their scripted, cheesy jokes that they've told a thousand times. I'm sitting there as a black sheep looking at everyone's faces and nobody sees it but me. Um, I actually asked them once for information on their study pool and their, you know, what research they had done. And they bounced around a little bit and said they would get back to me. I'll get you that information. Let, remind me and I'll email that to you. I've never heard back. So this is all about money. Um, follow the money. Don't go. <laughs> you know, yearly vaccines and yearly checkups. It's just to get you in the door so they can find something else wrong with your pet. Well, Pauline, we so appreciate you coming on the raw dog food truth today um, and, and sharing your information. Um, that's very powerful. The compliancy. <laughs> the next card yeah. users are compliant. We're going to drain them of their pocketbook and we're going to poison their dogs at the same time. But don't you worry oh. about it. You guys are doing a great job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, get them in here, keep them sick and uh, keep that money coming um, because then, you know, you can pay for this new technology that, you know, we'll sell you for a fee every month and um, keep selling them that dog food get this stuff off the shelf you know here's free samples oh i can't tell every um time is it merrick merck comes out they bring free samples you get as an employee enough revolution uh next guard and heart guard for all the pets in your house for a year they will just shell it out to you and i took the boxes dd just so another dog wouldn't have to take them and they're in my closet waiting for me to make a TikTok about it. <laughs> awesome. So where can people follow you, Pauline? Are you on, where are you? Um, I'm very present in the ferret community. Um, Holistic Ferret Forum or Holistic Ferrets on Facebook is a group that I am an admin in. These little guys need to be on real food, you guys. They're you're poisoning them every day with this garbage that they put a picture of a ferret on the bag. It's so bad for them. And there's even less exotic vets that can help you. And it's always an emergency when it comes to these sensitive little carnivores. So you can find me on Holistic Ferrets. Uh, my name's Pauline and I'm an admin there. I also do ferret boarding and my Instagram is weasel underscore weekends. <laughs> So sometimes I talk about diet there too. Um, another group I'm in is the Brevecto Next Guard, whatever, do they kill pets page. 
that is vital for people to know, you know, and see the different reactions pets have to this and how it's not a coincidence. Your pet is not a seizure dog or, you know, predisposed to seizures. It's having seizures because of these drugs. And some pets, you know, don't make it long after giving just one dose. So you really need to question if that's safe and what you're putting in your pet. So and check out that group too. It's the Brevecto NextGuard page? Yeah, if you just type in the search Brevecto or NextGuard, it'll come up. The and this is in Facebook, of, right? Facebook? Yes, it's in Facebook. Um, the last part of that title is Do They Kill Pets? Spend five minutes reading just a couple posts and seeing the trend and how common all the similar symptoms are to what your dog might be going through. You will wake up. <laughs> I'm surprised that Facebook has let that stay up. Yeah, I think there's a couple different pages or groups that are similar names. So I'm sure they get shut down from time to time, but use it while we have it because it might not be there. Right. Right. Well, that is amazing information, Pauline. Thank you so much for being a part of the Raw Dog Food Truth. We are going to send some of our folks over there. We'll post your Facebook pages. And uh, thank you for being brave enough to speak up. I'm so excited that you've got this new chapter in your life coming. Oh, you have no idea. I, I'm looking forward to being able to sleep at night. It will sleep better than I have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate yeah, you. Thank you. We'll talk All to you soon. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining the Raw Dog Food Truth. Make sure that you get either your ferret or your dog or your cat on a species-appropriate diet, right? You want to help them live longer? You've got to start with the diet first. We can help. Pauline can help. Get your dog over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And friends, don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.